And we are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. This soul heart and mind's been broke a thousand times. Each time you break away, I feel you're gonna stay. What's up, Kansas City? Memories that flow, bringing me back again. Hurting me more and more. Welcome to the Matrix. Episode one. These old arms of mine is having you around. These old, these old, these old arms of mine is having you around. Makes these tears inside start falling down. Asking it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, the matrix door shall be open. Episode number one, y'all. This is a mix mash of all things Shea Ortiz, and I've been on a marathon, a marathon mission, seeking out the truth. And if you've also been seeking, then may you find. First of all, I'd like to mention bad times at the El Royale. Bad times at El Royale, original motion picture soundtrack, 13 tracks, fucking beautiful, man. And that is where our intro track, This Old Heart of Mine, Cynthia Arrivo, comes from. And it's just a treat. The whole soundtrack is awesome. The movie, you could skip the movie. It's okay. But the soundtrack is fucking money. You're really going to enjoy it. Motown, Four Tops, Frankie Valley, The Crystals, The Box Tops, The Mamas and the Papas, Cynthia Arrivo. Now, I would have loved to start this podcast by mentioning Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's awesome soundtrack as well but then i'd have to talk about the fucking movie and i don't want to spoil shit for no one get out there and watch once upon a time in hollywood and listen to that goddamn soundtrack because that is also fucking fire and do yourself a big favor and listen to the soundtrack before you go and watch that tremendous movie because it'll bring all the scenes together in a great way if you don't get to it's fine the movie's Great on its own, but it is awesome to familiarize yourself with the music before you go and watch that movie. And it is a gem of a movie. Been watching a lot of film critics post their top Tarantino movies, top three, top five. And hardly any of them have Pulp Fiction at that number one spot. Are you fucking smoking crack? Get the fuck off the crack pipe. Quentin Tarantino's quintessential Greatest fucking movie was Pulp Fiction, bar none, okay? This Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie, some people are shitting on it. They are also tripping. 
get off the crack pipe. This movie's tremendous. Go out and watch it. Have a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was thoroughly engrossed. And I didn't go in there with the preconceived notion that I was going to like it. In fact, I thought it could possibly be dog shit. I was wrong. First up on The Matrix, As Man Thinketh by James Allen. Man is made or unmade by himself. In the armory of thought, he forges the weapons by which he destroys himself. He also fashions the tools with which he builds for himself heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. By the right choice and true application of thought, man ascends to the divine perfection. By the abuse and wrong application of thought, he descends below the level of the beast. Between these two extremes are all the grades of character, and man is their maker and master. Of all the beautiful truths pertaining to the soul which have been restored and brought to light in this age, none is more gladdening or fruitful of divine promise and confidence than this, that man is the master of thought, the molder of character, and the maker and shaper of condition, environment, and destiny. Jesus Christ, is there anything more perfect and succinct than that goddamn statement? Bow down, bitch. Because it's fucking perfect. And the first time that I heard that shit was on Tony Robbins' personal power cassettes. 24 audio cassettes. (laughs) That's right, man. I listened to every single one of those cassettes. I was given to me as a gift by a girl of questionable character. At the time, she may have turned out to be a tremendous person. We're both kind of shitty people doing a lot of bad things, hanging around. For some reason, this girl gave me her personal power tapes. Now, that audio that I just played was from Audible, so... On the tapes, it's not like that. I believe that Tony just quotes the, the, the statement. I remember it to this day because I wrote it down. It was super fucking important to me. A lot of this shit was profound to me at the time. I mean, this is pre-fucking internet, okay? You couldn't look up every goddamn thing. You didn't have the fucking Matrix podcast, okay? You had to buy things like cassette tapes. Personal Power, the 30-day program, which I followed to a T. It was like my Bible. To this day, if I met Tony Robbins, I would tell him, look, man, you're the reason why I quit doing drugs. You're the reason why I quit fucking doing all the dumb shit that I was doing. And I actually went to college and I made something of myself and I have a family and I'm on this path right now. That's all due to Tony Robbins and these tapes that this girl gifted me. God bless that girl, wherever she's at. She changed my life. And that is how quickly your mind can shift. So let's unpack this. Now, a lot of folks can be dismissive of how profound this shit is because you probably had a life coach, a father, a parent, somebody that you know, had a lot of knowledge and was trying to guide you through this life. But if you didn't have that, And then all of a sudden you were gifted these tapes that were like a fucking godsend to someone like me, man. To hear him quote 
As Man Thinketh by James Allen. It was like a fucking atomic bomb on my brain, man. And I hope to God it's an atomic bomb to someone out there listening. Because as James Allen says, man is either made or unmade by himself. And in the armory of thought, he forges the weapons by which he destroys himself. So you're in there and you're using your mind because thoughts are things. And you're creating the weapons that are fucking your life up. Whether they're drugs or alcohol, stealing, defiling shit, getting in the way of shit. But you can also fashion the tools by which you build for yourself heavenly mansions of joy, strength, and peace. And so he also goes on to say, by the right choice and the true application of thought, we ascend to divine perfection. But by the abuse and the wrong application of thought, we descend below the level of the beast. Now that gets shit fucking deep, dude. The abuse and wrong application of thought makes you descend below the level of the beast. And between these two extremes are all the grades of character. And man is their maker and their master. Man is the master of thought, the molder of character, the maker and shaper of condition, environment, and destiny. Come on, man. Who's fucking with that shit? To me, it was encapsulated in these lyrics accelerated living reach new heights your mind could build a prison strip a man from his rights or you could build a mansion pushing 15 flights it doesn't even matter play it think what you like the world will keep on turning with or without you all right that was like a rap song that i had made a few years back it's been quite a few years back the final chapter saga of your life Making the best decisions, don't even think it twice Sharpen your brain cells, make it tough like a knife Accelerated living, play and reach new heights Your mind could build a prison, strip a man from his rights Or you could build a mansion, push it 15 flights It doesn't even matter, play it, think what you like The world will keep on turning with or without your eye And hey, yo, it's all cool, I think you have an excuse Your mind fucked up from alcohol and abuse Corporate America, they love about to lose Gears to the machine is what they're calling you fools And this is all true, I think you know what to do Put a book in your face and turn your room to a school And remember this, keep your heart and stay true The man that turns his back on his own is just a tool True. Push it to the top, push it, push it to the top Push it to the top, push it till you can't stop push it to And the I top. know that I'm jumping around quite a bit on this podcast And that's what this matrix ideas about basically and shout out to nate sellergren because he's the one who thought of the concept to have a podcast that's you know basically about nothing you just kind of go into it and you have this mix mash of different things that you're talking about and i'm gonna have a podcast with them that's gonna be a podcast about nothing i think i'll call that matrix number two the podcast about nothing episode two and it'll just be randomly going off about a lot of things. So in the midst of making this podcast, quite a few developments have happened. There's been quite a few mass shootings and I've been thinking about this and and we had the one in in Dayton, Ohio. There's one in El Paso, Texas. There was the one in California at the Garlic Festival. And then recently 
a shooting here in Kansas City at the Arts and at the First Fridays Arts Festival. There's a festival that they have every First Friday in Kansas City to display local talents of artists. And yeah, I, I jumped from that subject to this. And that's because I didn't record this all in one take. So I would stop and I'd come back. So this is going to be a long episode. I'm going to end it with my wife and I in New Mexico. But I just wanted to touch on this because it's fresh on my mind. It just happened, some of these things. And I'd recently been studying the history of the Navajo and Kit Carson. And if you study the history of our country, you quickly realize that it's a it's a bloody cowboy rough history. And I think some of the things that we're dealing with now reflect some of the problems that we have. You know, whether you're on the gun side of the issue or you're against guns, it's it's irrelevant. The thing that that makes sense to me is given the context of the history of our nation, why we gravitate and why we're kind of a violent culture. And I think our history speaks to that. You know, whether it be slavery, the battles between the, the natives of this country and the immigrants from other countries and just the wrestling of those cultures between each other was a violent clash. And we're still dealing with a lot of the ramifications of that. And it bleeds into our modern society. Another thing that I think bleeds into this modern society is a, a certain comfort level that people have. Because we, all, we need to ask ourselves as a nation, like, the people that have the most. Because we're at the top of this fucking food chain. If you look at the world, there's people drinking from fucking puddles. There's people that don't have a whole lot of shit. And we have a whole lot of shit. And for some fucking reason, we seem to be the most unhappy. There's a lot of good shit in our country, a lot of great things, but this kind of magnifies an underlying pathology that's kind of permeating our culture. And it's this underlying angst, this underlying depression, this underlying sadness that's sparking some wild shit. And you... you you may believe in God, you may not believe in God. I, I'm not, I, I understand both sides of the argument. Uh, I think a lot of times when someone believes in God and they want to make someone who doesn't believe in God feel bad, they'll make the godless statement feel like some kind of a slight or a bad thing, right? But being godless in such a carnal, real world, isn't such a bad thing. And I was listening to Jordan Peterson. That sounds crazy. I'm not saying to be godless is good. I, I, I'm, I sit here with no judgment either way. I think you can make the argument that believing in a God can be a tremendous advantage. And I think that you can make the argument that not believing in God can also be just as tremendous advantage. So I'm going to read this 
statement that I got from Jordan Peterson. He was speaking on some subject, and I came across this wisdom of Solomon, the life of the ungodly. And I thought, oh, well, you know, this is Jordan Peterson, who's a philosopher who is Catholic, and but he's uh, intellectual. And a lot of people think those two things don't jive. If you listen to Jordan Peterson, you quickly realize that he is an intellectual. And for most people, uh, his intellect is is would dwarf, would um, dwarf other people's intellect. In other words, he's he'd be a giant among men as far as his form of thinking. So, you know, if if you if you ever wanted to argue atheism with Jordan Peterson, you'd find a very adequate opponent. You know, what I mean? he's not he's not. Uh, easy mark by any means. So when he he's going to quote this wisdom of Solomon from the life of the ungodly, I think he makes a great argument, and I think he nails how a lot of greedy, rich, sad people, or uh, or um, people who I wouldn't say sad necessarily because there's some parts in there that that speak to the to the trying to get the most out of life that a person who would be atheist might try to do in lieu of a deeper meaning, right? So here's the wisdom of Solomon and see if you can gather what I'm talking about here. Short and sorrowful is our life and there is no remedy when a life comes to its end. And no one has been known to return from Hades, for we were born by mere chance. Again, that sounds like it could be a sad thing, or it could be a very enlightening thing if you have this realization that life comes to its end, and we're born unto the short, sorrowful life, right? Given the capacity of what the human brain can contemplate, an inf- infinite amount of possibilities, yet we're given this short, life. So we're given the brain capacity to contemplate eternity or to even grasp it on some level. Yet the life, our life is given an end. That's a, a fucked up thing, right? To be able to grasp eternity yet to be given this finite amount of time. So we were born by mere chance and thereafter We shall be as though we had never been for the breath in our nostrils is smoke and the and reason is a spark kindled by the beating of our hearts. When it is extinguished, the body will turn to ashes and the spirit will dissolve like empty air. Our name will be forgotten in time and no one will remember our works. Our life will pass away like the traces of a cloud and be scattered like mist and it is chased as it that is chased by the rays of the sun and overcome by its heat. So again, you're you're dealing more with that that sadness, that finite amount of time. For our allotted time is the passing of a shadow, and there is no return from our death because it is sealed up and no one turns back. Come therefore. Now this is where this is where it takes the shift, right? So We've been hit with all of the passing of time and the return of our death and nothing will be remembered and 
There is no reason for this. So now, what's the answer to that? Come, therefore, let us enjoy the good things that exist and make use of the creation to the full as in youth. Make use of this creation to the full as in youth. Let us take our fill of costly wine and perfumes and let no flower of spring pass us by. Let us crown ourselves with rosebuds before they wither. Let no, none of us fail to share in our revelry. Everywhere let us leave signs of our enjoyment, because this is our portion, this is our lot. Let us oppress the righteous poor man. It's going to get dark again, but basically look at how uplifting that message is right there. Like, okay, fine, fuck it. We're this finite creature with the end, but now let me revel in what that could possibly be. The costly wines, the perfume, let no spring pass us by, no rosebuds wither, let them, let none of them wither, let us not one person fail to share in our revelry, let us leave signs of enjoyments, because this is our portion, this is our lot. Now here's where it gets a little dark, and this is where I think I talk about the greed of it though. This is where if nothing matters and there's no cost to any of this, then why why have a moral compass other than the enjoyment of your life, right? So it says, let us oppress the righteous poor man. Let us not spare the widow or regard the gray hairs of the aged, but let our might be our law of right, for what is weak proves itself to be useless. Now, that's the end of it, but that comes to that line of thinking, whether there's people that believe in God or people that don't believe in God, but that line of thinking to oppress the poor man, to not spare the widow, to not regard the gray hairs of the age, to let might be the law of right, and for whatever is weak, proves itself to be useless, that line of thinking is what's underlying, in my opinion, a lot of the pathology that is taking place in this country right now, right? You can beat down a person enough to where they feel hopeless, to where they feel that there's no reason, and they begin reason to life, and they begin to despise anyone who has happiness, and they wish to destroy anyone who shows any amount of joy. And if you needed any further evidence that we live in the matrix, check out this story from the New York Times, The Daily. Now, it starts off a little political because it's a reporter that's following Beto O'Rourke, but the story is incredible. Listen to it from the beginning to the end. Uh, I think you'll trip out on it like I did. Hi, this is Jenny. Hey, Jenny, it's Michael. Hey, Michael. Jenny, can you tell me about this thing that happened to you this weekend in El Paso? So Saturday, there was a presidential forum with more than a dozen, maybe even two dozen of the presidential candidates in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jenny Medina is covering the 2020 presidential campaign. It was a gathering of hundreds of union members and all the candidates were there to try to get the endorsement of this union. And it was around lunchtime. All right, folks, it's almost lunchtime. A couple more candidates uh, coming next. Better O'Rourke. And then Better O'Rourke came to the stage to speak. Hey, 
Hi. Morning. Pleasure. Morning. Thanks, Thanks for having me out. Buenos dias. I, uh, I've got to share something with you that, that I just learned um, on my way out here to see you. In my hometown of El Paso, Texas, there is right now an active shooter or shooters at the Sierra Vista Mall. And we heard some initial reports of a um, very high number of people who, who have been injured um, right now. And so I just, you know, I'm thinking about El Paso. I want you to be thinking about El Paso as well. And, and just that, um, you know, any illusion that we had that um, progress is inevitable or the, the change that we need is going to come of its own accord, shattered in, in moments like these. And this is his district in his hometown. This is, you know, where he spent all of his professional career. And it's pretty hard to overstate how tied his identity is to El Paso. And so um, I just wanted to tell you, I'm grateful to be here with you. And to the people of El Paso, uh, any of you who are here today or who are out there right now, we are thinking about you and we want to make this better going forward. Thank you all. For having so because I'm on the presidential campaign and covering him, I knew pretty instantly that I would be coming to El Paso. So I got on a flight to El Paso and then landed here. And there were around the area where this happened and the shopping center where this happened. There were, of course, TV trucks from every TV station you could probably think of or news outlet you could think of. And one reporter asked very directly, you see a, a president who has been warning about the threats of, of caravans and asylum seekers who he's described as animals and, and an infestation. We cannot act as though this were just some kind of natural disaster or a matter of course for this country or the new normal for the United States. There is a very real cause to this, and, and President Trump is part of that, but he exists in, in a racist environment that is being fueled by, by Fox News, by those who on the internet traffic in these conspiracy theories. So uh, after that, he was approached by a couple, and the father started to speak with him for quite a while, and mostly he was just listening. The father was doing the talking, and I didn't know who the father was, and after they were done speaking, I just asked, you know, could you tell me your name, sir? My name is Manuel Oliver. My wife, Patricia. And how old were you both? Um, 52. And he's 51. And I assumed that they were from El Paso. Are you from El Paso? No, we are from Parkland. We lost our games in the Parkland shooting. But it turns out they're from Parkland. And their son, Joaquin, had been killed in that shooting. And you know what? We were waiting for Joaquin's today's birthday, his 19th birthday today. And I have to deal with this again. And we were trying, you know, and I'm not telling you this because I, that's why we came here, really. The purpose to be here for Joaquin's birthday is that we want to do something very remarkable, very important. And we want to do something with kids because Joaquin was very, I don't know, he was uh, very sweet with the kids. And we decided to come here and visit all the detention centers when this happened. And they had come to El Paso because today is his 19th birthday. As a part of their trip here, they wanted to go into Juarez to talk with the migrants 
there, who are living in shelters and being held there. And we were yesterday making, uh, you know, giving support to the families, uh, migrants that are in Juarez, Mexico, when we heard that something was going on, and we didn't know what was going on because everybody was texting me, okay, do you, are you okay, are you okay, are you okay, of what? If there is a shooting in El Paso, can you imagine that? So this couple came to El Paso to honor their son who had been killed in Parkland, in part by visiting a detention center. And while they were there, there was another mass shooting. This one motivated, it seems, by anti-immigrant sentiment. That's right. So just kind of an, an incredible, awful coincidence. Awful, awful coincidence. Well, I think maybe this happened for a reason. What came brought us here for a reason. I believe I am very connected to him. Yeah. And I believe that he just, he sees better there, what's yeah. going on here. So he brought us here because I think that he saw that this is about to happen and we have to stop this. Joaquin yeah. is a very demanding kid. Yeah. He was <laughs> always. And he keeps pushing us, pushing us, pushing us. We are not here by mistake. How yeah. can you explain yeah. that we were here? And when we heard it was, was it was impossible for me to talk with her without crying. So Manuel and Patricia Oliver, the parents of Parkland school shooting victim Joaquin Oliver, were visiting the neighboring city of Juarez in memory of their son's birthday. It was their son's birthday during this time in El Paso when this shooting occurred because they were honoring their son's advocacy for those kind of groups of people on his birthday when this shooting occurred, Parkland shooting victim. Switching gears on The Matrix, one of the cool new podcasts that I've been listening to is Jordan Belfer. The Wolf of Wall Street's new podcast, The Wolf's Den. And it's awesome, man. It's led me to listen to other people. The guests that he have are tremendous. There's a lot of value in it. One of them that wasn't a whole lot of value, but just was a wild story that I wasn't aware of, was the What Really Happens in Vegas episode with Armani Asadi. Check out the whole podcast. This is a brief clip from the podcast that is a news clipping of the story. It kind of captures the story with Armani, but there's plenty of other great episodes with a tremendous amount of value. But I just think this is a cool clip that gives you the gist of the Armani story. And then hopefully, um, I just thought it was a trip, but hopefully you check out the other podcast because I think Jordan is tremendous. I think you're going to find a lot of value from it. This I found interesting and it gives you a sample of the podcast. Multiple Metro officers in a bribery scheme related to illegal prostitution. FBI investigation into possible corruption involving a former vice detective appears to be widening. The existence of the FBI probe was first revealed last year by our I-team. The focus is former Metro Detective Chris Boffman. FBI agents are now asking questions about other law enforcement figures who worked with Boffman. Detective Boffman allegedly slept with victims who later became witnesses. Back when he was a star vice detective, Chris Boffman characterized himself as one of the four horsemen of the 
apocalypse, ready to unleash malevolent fury. Boffman's face became a fixture on newscasts and front pages. In two books he authored, Boffman credited the victims, frightened and vulnerable working girls, whose trust and testimony were crucial in putting their pimps behind bars. I am here placed by God, Boffman wrote, like a figure from Greek mythology to protect every daughter. But federal investigators and others now suspect Boffman crossed way over the line. Attorney Michael Cristalli learned about Boffman's alleged indiscretions while representing Altcall owner and former nightclub promoter Armin Izzati, who was targeted by Metro Vice and the IRS. My very first day ever going to a nightclub, I walked up to the ropes of Tao at the Venetian and I handed a guy named Peter 50 bucks. And I said, Peter, I want to come back here at 1130. I'm going to have 10 hot girls or more with me. When I do, I don't know anyone in Vegas. I want you to act like we've been friends from college and let me in. That's how Armand Izzati started what became a hugely successful career as a club promoter. Within a year, he had a nightly entourage of attractive women willing to follow him into popular nightclubs to party and drink for free. No strings attached. Izzati called himself a mood director. And essentially what we do as mood directors is go into a venue, bring a lot of beautiful people with us, and creating an energy that results in more spending. They would comp everything for me, and they actually pay me to do this. And then they would place their big customers on either side of me. His rise coincided with an explosion in the nightclub scene. Clubs became profit centers, attracting younger tourists who came to Las Vegas not to gamble, but to dance and party. DJs were paid millions. Nightclubs begat day clubs. Customers would pay $1,000 for a $20 bottle of booze, in part so they could be surrounded by beautiful women. Izzati at first recruited female tourists he just met, but after a while had his own army. Most of them aren't even entertainers. They're just local models, cocktail waitresses, people who want to go out and have fun. He knew every doorman and VIP host in town and was paid just to show up. Eventually, Izzati got an outcall license, like those services advertised on rolling billboards. A few of the women who worked with him as independent contractors provided services way beyond drinking and dancing. He spent 20 months in jail awaiting trial and faced life in prison if convicted. After his lawyers raised pointed questions about Boffman and the evidence in the case, 19 of the most serious charges were dropped. So you have to ask yourself, what would cause a prosecution to fall apart in that respect if they really truly believed um, the alleged victim's allegations? Izzati and his legal team think Boffman had sexual relations with the women who agreed to testify in the case, which is viewed as a serious breach by a police officer. The credibility of the witness is, is gravely compromised. Metro Police reached the same conclusion. When Boffman left the force for a TV show, then tried to return, he admitted to Metro having relationships with numerous prostitutes in high-profile cases that he worked. After being rejected for rehire by Metro, he got a job running the limo service at Olympic Garden, a strip club, an unusual position for a longtime vice cop. Since the FBI investigation began, the Bureau has twice requested case files from Metro, <laughs> specifically cases involving pimp investigations that Boffman worked.
And a few months ago, Bothman's life took another unexpected turn. He married Deputy DA Liz Mercer, the same prosecutor who put away at least three of the pimps that Bothman investigated. Metro you don't have to testify your spouse if you are one. agents who were investigating Bothman. The I-team has learned that federal agents interviewed Bothman's former co-workers at Vice and have reviewed his books to look for clues. A major concern is what might happen to other convictions. One man targeted by Boffman is a convicted panderer named Daryl Kramer, who told us by phone that Boffman seduced a woman who worked for Kramer and testified against him. Kramer says Boffman then introduced that woman to a rival outcall operator named Molly Mall, whose home was raided by the FBI's public corruption team in 2014. Boffman's friendship with Molly Mall is what first alerted Metro that Boffman might have stepped over the line. Rashid is better known by his showbiz name, Molly Mall, starred in his own music videos and has recorded songs for some of the biggest acts in music, including heartthrob Justin Bieber, who became a close friend of Rashid's. Bieber's visit to Molly Mall's Las Vegas home led to a stunning surprise for investigators, to a superstar cop. Several Metro detectives, in essence, worked as hired muscle for Molly Mall and took down rival pimps. In a sworn affidavit, new witness Don Ramos, who spent 11 years as bodyguard and driver for Molly Mall, said under oath that he witnessed cash payoffs to Bothman and other Metro officers, as much as $10,000 a month, that Molly Mall had a hand in getting a three-book publishing deal for Bothman that Boffman brought his teenage daughter to Molly Mall's home, and while the daughter was left to interact with prostitutes and rappers, Boffman would have sex with Molly Mall's working girls. Sheriff Lombardo is limited in what he can say about the FBI investigation, but he acknowledged... All I was trying to do was crowd in a banana cup. The FBI sought and received information from Metro. We are cooperating. There has been a request of our intelligence unit to provide some information and some documents that we have... Um, it's like a really sheriffy way to say, I'm sorry. Not the, not the officers identified, but the suspects that were uh, incarcerated as a result of those investigations, and we have supplied that information. The FBI probe gave the sheriff extra impetus to enact sweeping changes at Vice. Personnel changes were made, and now Vice has been put under a new lieutenant and a captain, Devin Ballard, who will oversee a recently combined Vice and gang unit. It's a way of saying they lost the budget, they lost an entire unit. To ensure that officers don't lose their way. And they're doing what they originally went there to do. So it's important for uh, to have oversight. So you're confident you got the right people there now? Yeah, absolutely. Izzati, who now manages high-end vacation problem. rentals, wrote a screenplay about his rise and fall, which he describes as Wolf of Wall Street meets The Hangover. In it, his character gets taken down by a crooked cop. In real life, Izzati has been questioned by FBI agents. It's not like they tell me anything, right? They ask me questions, and naturally, when someone asks you questions, you learn what their interests are. From what he could determine, the FBI is no longer gathering information about Chris Boffman. They're casting a wider net. They're the public corruptions team, so I don't think for them it's about one dirty cop. It's about how far does this corruption go? You know, who else is involved? Fucking wild shit. I know you guys are enjoying The Matrix. I have one final surprise for you. But first off, I just want to let you guys know that now I am sipping Pennsylvania Tuxedo 
from Dogfish Head. Dogfish Head, shout out, man. They have this pale ale brewed with Pennsylvania spruce tips, which sounds weird. Spruce tips sounds weird for an IPA or a pale ale. Every time I've had it, I've loved it. It's always good. I know that Ballast Point did one, and uh, I'm really digging this Dogfish Head version as well. Listen, guys, the final surprise for you guys is we're going to close this out. I have about 40 minutes where I speak with my wife. She's never been on the podcast. Her and I were in Cloudcroft, <laughs> Cloudcroft New Mexico, Nuevo Mexico, and uh, we had a conversation at a brewery, and I just wanted to finish the Matrix with that shit. Uh, the podcast about nothing Visit us on kcsocial.net, and without anything further, here is Mary Ortiz, my partner in crime. She's always cool because she allows me to go to these different breweries, and she tags along with me, and she tries all kinds of wild shit, but this was a pretty tame spot, beautiful location. Let's get into the motherfucking podcast, and I will catch you on the motherfucking flip side. Peace. And we are live. That's live for us anyways. This is Ruven Ortiz. We're here at Cloudcroft Brewing Company in uh, Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Um, Beautiful place, man. So this is a cool episode because right now I'm here chilling with my wife. She's never actually been on the podcast. So New Mexico, couple of New Mexico first, Nuevo Mexico first is first I had my brother on. And he had never been on. That's kind of weird that I never had Ralph on before. You know what I mean? So I'm here with my wife, uh, Mary Ortiz. Why don't you say what's up? Hello, everyone. She's a little bit nervous right now, I think, because it's kind of weird at first because you're sitting at a table with a microphone and people are chilling. But, you know, it's like any other conversation. This is about as loud as we'd be conversating anyways. And so that's all um, my podcast really is, is just... A conversation over some beers and right now we're having some beers and uh what is this that we're having i was like they made a pale ale fresh today which is kind of weird because it doesn't taste fresh it kind of tastes a little there's a kind of little funkiness a little staleness to it but yeah. you know i had one of their beers uh yesterday at uh trains it was it was a what was that place tall, called? Pines. tall pines tall pines and it was good but this one, for some reason, should be fresh, and it doesn't taste very fresh. I don't, I don't know what's going on with it, man. It kind of, I don't, I don't know what gives that. Uh, sometimes a brewery has sometimes a little staleness to it. You know what I mean? A lot of times when they first open and they're calibrating, you'll get some of that. But you know, I gotta ask one of the guys that brews what what that comes from. You know what I mean? But um, it's fine. It's good. It's nice to have a beer in the mountains. I mean, I think the draw for me here is the beautiful location man and cloudcroft new mexico is kind of a hidden gem man and uh there's i don't i don't think the cat's out of the bag about this place because it's not you could see some touristy stuff going on but it hasn't full-fledged jumped in on that whole bandwagon when you're in the mountains there's some skiing shit there's ice ice rinks and you know uh it just doesn't have a real touristy vibe to it yet you know what i mean what do you think about it? Um, everybody seems pretty genuine, nice. Um, even you could tell a lot of the people are locals that are here. Um, I don't know. It's just beautiful. Weather's great. 
and it's been nice to see the girls enjoying the outdoors, getting on the trails. For sure, man. That's been the best probably part of the trip is just seeing the girls outdoors and um, enjoying the weather because it's beginning of summer. Yeah, man. And it's crazy because we're actually staying in, in Alamogordo. Alamogordo is in the Tularosa Basin. So, like, Basin is like this this flat flat land in the middle of some hills. So it's like surround it's like a bowl. You can picture a bowl and the rim of the bowl is the mountains, some of the Sacramento mountains, and Alamogordo lies in the center of the bowl, like where your cereal would go, right? <laughs> and uh it gets hot as fuck down there. It's just a desert, man. I mean yeah. it bakes. There's like palm trees there. It because it, it has this real dry, um hot desert type weather and then all of a sudden we're we go up 15 minutes literally 15 minutes up the hill up mm-hmm. the up uh what is it highway um uh anyways you go up the hill <laughs> and uh the temperature drops literally 20 degrees yeah so we're actually kind of a little bit uh she's wearing a jacket which is insane because we were baking earlier yeah and she's actually wearing a light coat right now and jeans <laughs> it's cool we got some live music going on in the room next to us so good thing we sat a little bit away because we'd probably have to turn off right now and we may enjoy uh the music here in a little bit and uh shut off this podcast but you know wanted us just sit down with my wife have a beer and get her on the podcast to see what her thoughts are on some shit man but yeah literally 20 degree difference uh typically and sometimes more so you know picture that's a huge swing if it's 95 degrees you're talking about 75 in the hills or lower you know that's a huge swing man yeah it's incredible and in 15 minutes you're down in a desert you know and then literally like a sahara of white sand and it's so green up here and and then then down there it's like all these weird plants weird um, oh yeah, desert S- area. Some gnarly you plants. And there's beautiful trees and pine cones, and it's just the unexpected. Tall, beautiful pines. Mm-hmm. You get that. Like right now, we're sitting in the in the middle of this uh, brewery and the outside patio area next to this. They got two stages. This is a cool space, um, and you could just smell that they they serve uh, wood fired pizza here. So you get the waft of wood fire hit you the mm-hmm. pines down coming uh the cool pine air you know you get that pine cone smell mm-hmm. mixed with pizza and some beer get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here man this location's dope i think that's the draw of this place is the location it's cool that they opened a brewery and i don't think they're that old i think this place is kind of new and so craft beer has spread to the far like you could find this cool craft beer place in the middle of the mountains that like there's no other craft breweries around here man yeah pretty wild shit so cheers to you my lovies thank you yeah. pie. and uh yeah man we've just been having a great time she's talking about some of the gnarly plants like I, I kind of equated to like if you watch the that that french flintstone movie the flintstones the movie mm-hmm. the one with like rosie o'donnell and like john goodman that's a killer yeah. cast right that's a perfect now i think about it like john goodman as fred and fucking Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie is is not Will Val. What is her Val? What's her name? De, uh, Betty. No, it's not Betty. She was Betty. Wilma. No, Wilma. Wilma's the the wife. Wilma's Fred's wife. Right. Who else are you talking Barney's about? Barney's wife. 
was who Rosie played. The <laughs> oh, okay. okay <laughs> that you're right. I, okay, uh, that yeah. was a terrible, uh, yeah. <laughs> a terrible uh, impersonation of Betty. But yeah, she played Betty. Right. Which makes a okay. lot of sense. Yeah, I Wilma forgot. was like that redhead. You yeah. Know? So um, where was I going with that? Oh, oh okay. The, all the crazy plants. And yeah, the movie is like the, rocky, dry, yeah. crazy plants, crazy right. terrain. Yeah. And that's what Alamogordo is, dude. It, like, reminds me of the Flintstones. I know. <laughs> like, these gnarly fucking plants. Well, like, and the plants, like, you could you could almost picture them at the bottom of, like, a lake area. You know? I mean, it's so, like, rocky. Yeah. And, like, you could just picture that this was probably covered in, in water. Yeah, she's talking about the basin, you know, that used to just be, like, like you, I said it's a bowl. Well, that bowl used to be filled with water, you know? Like, right. I'm talking probably thousands and thousands of years yeah. ago. But, you know, whatever. And uh, what's amazing about that is those plants are, um, you could probably hear the music trickling in, and uh, those plants are like like real like gnarly, like they got spikes, and yeah. and then they have these beautiful flowers just sprout out of them, you know right. what I mean? It's yep. kind of cool. Awesome. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. We just got our pizza order, and we ordered the... Corey's. Corey's fave, which is homemade tomato sauce, mozzarella, pepperoni, bacon, and chopped red onions. And we are going to take a short pizza break, and then we'll resume after we've had a few of these pizzas, right? Right. All right. So we'll just take a little pause on that shit, boy. God damn it. I just told that whole awesome story. So we're back. We just finished our wood fire pizza. Should I just do the story again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't hit record. And so I was talking to my wife about, uh, we took our kids to White Sands. And so, uh, White Sands is this right on. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Oh, no, it's fine. Nah, we're good. <laughs> so, um, our Rachel just bought us our beers and she's apologizing for times like, no, you know, it's not a big deal. So we got the Bosque, uh, fruited, a fruited beer from Bosque. So that should be interesting. I don't, I don't know what it is. They got a lot of um, New Mexico beers on tap, and Bosque is one of them. And then I got the Bosque IPA as well. So uh, it looks like yours might have some some raspberry or something in it because yep. it's got that red tint really to it. Color. So first we took the girls to White Sands, which is uh, these huge gypsum crystals that formulate when uh, water uh, evaporates, and it makes crystals kind of like when you're, the water in your tap crystallizes and you get that calcium deposit. It's like that, except the wind starts blowing these fucking huge crystals around, and they break up into this fine sand, and it's a beautiful sand, like a white sand beach in Cancun or in fucking the Gulf of Florida. It's this beautiful fucking shit. And so the sand is like all over the place, miles, miles and miles of miles, sand. Yeah. It's just a great place to hang out and chill. And from there, we went to the uh, space. space museum. And New Mexico has this huge, you know, history of space. So it's fitting that that uh, museum would be here because, you know, the got Robert H. Goddard, the found, uh, father of modern rocketry, is from here. Um, a lot of the testing, you know, the Trinity site where they did the first nuclear explosion is here. Uh, military presence as far as testing uh missiles and shit and even while you're here you can see um badass you know military uh jets flying jets. overhead it's fucking pretty cool so i mean it's fitting that that would be here they do a lot of testing and shit 
<laughs> so I'm posting pictures of <laughs> of uh, our our time there at the Space Museum, and then my friend, shout out to David Castillo, sees that I'm posting this shit. And he's like, "Do you remember that time that I towed your '64 Impala from Silver City to Roswell?" And a '64 Impala is like a giant fucking metal i mean it's not like the vehicles they make now like they're trying to lightweight these they were just behemoths you know and so i had a 64 impala that my grandma gave me and i had my friend uh uh told me in his four banger ford escort and so we blew his fucking engine and we ended up having to park at that same museum and i had totally forgot that until he posted it so I was cracking up, man. It was so fucking funny to hear that story, man. But I blew my poor friend's engine, man. And I was so we're exchanging these dumb and dumber gifts. And like I was just saying, man, I was stupid as fuck. And I was 19 years old. I should have been smarter than what I was. But anyways, I just retold that story. My my uh, wife just kept a straight <laughs> face the whole time I did that. So shout out to my wife for sitting powering through hearing that story three times. Three times. Three times because the first time. Then I did it for the podcast. I didn't hear record, and now it's recorded. So there you go. Shout out to you guys. Mm, Bosque IPA, delicious. Bosque Brewing, man. Those motherfuckers know what they're doing. What's that one? Let me try that one. So this is the fruited one. Let me try to pick up on what the fruit is. Yeah, that's definitely a raspberry. Yeah. That's a raspberry uh, wheat. That's a raspberry wheat ale, and uh, it's delicious. And Bosque, man... See, no staleness, none of that mm. funk, no, you know, right. and a beer, a beer shouldn't have funkiness. No. Unless, unless you get like a, a funky beer, like you're getting a age, uh, uh, sour or a, you know, uh, um, even some, some farmhouse sales, you know, or, you know, some, uh, goes, uh, goose or something like that, man. But, you know, uh, a, a wee ale should not be funky. A pale ale should not be funky. <laughs> They should be crisp. They should be refreshing. Uh, you should feel like they just brewed that shit, right? And that's what I'm getting from this Bosque. And uh, this came out of their tap all the way from Albuquerque, you know. So shout out to those dudes. They always do a solid job, man. Really good beers. Cheers. And so we might have one more. This is our probably, this is our second beer. We had a whole pizza. So we might have one more and then we'll have to uh, skeet-owski out of here because it's... Uh, it's kind of a funky little road on the way up here. Yeah, right? yeah, it is. So, what has been the highlight of the trip for you? So, we've been here for two weeks now, my wife in New Mexico. Oh, oh, one week. Oh, yeah. One week. Only one week? Yeah, well, we left last week on uh, oh, Thursday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just Kansas a solid City. week. Why does it feel yeah. like, well, you know, spread we've it out. We've done yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bro, I, I do some planning, man. But go ahead. What, what do you think was the highlight for you? It's all been great. Right. Um. I think uh, probably the the um, white sands uh-huh. was a lot of fun this morning, and yeah. then um, so she's picking stuff from straight from today, which yep. is cool. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And then um, oh gosh, it just I don't know. It's just been so many like little things here and there yeah. that we've done, like a lot of good food. Like even last night at that um, tall pines yeah tap or tap place. I mean, it was like. The best sitting area that I think I've ever been in. They had like pine tree, not pine trees. Um, what are those trees called? Oh, like oh, palms. Palm trees. Yeah. Just some like Huge some street, yeah. palm trees and just comfortable seating and just good beers. Yeah. And it's a cool spot, man. Nice and shady. I mean, 
And then just talking to that couple that's actually from here that we were at at the um, Lowe's they have grocery like this store. awesome grocery store here. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we talked to a couple that have well, lived have here like, for thirty years, and they were telling us a lot about the history and just things that go on here. They've lived here for a long time, so just talking to them for a while and seeing their take on the city. Yeah, and uh, you know the kids they love staying in the hotel. So when we get into Albuquerque, we you know we have family there, but typically we'll stay in the hotel. Because it makes it easier on everyone. So yeah. we're there for a graduation. My niece, shout out to Alex on her graduation. And I'll also, I think I might mix these two episodes because I said a lot of crazy shit on my brothers. I may release the full versions of both or I may combine these, edit that one because me and my brother were, oh, it wasn't my brother, it was me. I got fucking, I got, uh, I, I felt like all this nervous energy at my niece's uh, graduation. So I, when I do, when I'm like that, I just drink. So I'm just like fucking drinking, drinking, talking shit, going crazy. Yeah. It was fun. It was a So really it should be interesting day. how that podcast went. I don't remember any of it. So there's that. I do. I remember lecturing my family on how money shouldn't <laughs> be so important in their fucking lives. <laughs> how materialism is like the devil. Trying to take the high road. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. It, but I, I'm, I, at the core, I am trying to be helpful. I may, I may not be. Of course. I may not work, but that's what I, ultimately what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be helpful. and But, you know, it, people could take – when you're trying to be helpful, man, you put yourself out there like to yeah. – for people to get pissed at you, especially yeah. if they're not asking to be helped. No. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why the problem. People get – yeah. Yeah, they get defensive. Not saying that they did, but, yeah. I mean, it could have been taken that way. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so we stay at a hotel. For me, man, I really uh, – I we – I – Got we got my mom a house here in El- Almagordo. She's um, you know, she struggled for a while, you know, with a lot of different shit. And we ultimately came to the conclusion that my mother is best living on her own. <laughs> she can't live with anybody. No, she really can't. And I'm not. I mean, it's it's like we've tried, like with all these different people, and ultimately, She's tried. yeah. And so people, we got a house that we tried. could visit, and that we uh, frequent, and you know, I help fix up and. Uh, and she stays there and she's loved it and she loves it. And I love visiting her there. Yeah. I feel like I'm like visiting mom. Like, like we've never had a, a permanent home. Like, cause my mom's a single parent mother. We've had houses that we were renting, but you know, just the feeling that people must have when they visit their parents is so cool. But if it's their house, you know? Especially kids yeah. visiting their grandparents too. You know, they wanted to yeah uh, to oh, visit their grandparents' yeah. house. What their grandma's house would look like. They always wonder what their grandma's house would look like. <laughs> it's one of the coolest oh, things we've ever done. She loves the trinkets. Done. She loves, you know. So all we the buy her this stuff. house, and it just feels so comfy there for us. Yeah. So we've been really comfy there, right? Mm-hmm. The kids are super comfy. Yeah. I just love seeing them in their own. Be- they have their own bedroom, you know. A backyard also, to play in. Yeah, and a lot of this isn't a big deal to some people. It's so huge for us, man. For me, you know, growing up the way I did, like, I would have never imagined. Like, I would have thought, like, that's some like Tupac or Jay Z shit to buy your mom a house, you know. And so to be able to do that, man, it's fucking amazing. Shout out to you, dude. High five. We did it. We did it, bitches. No, man, it's just an awesome feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just awesome to come down here and and. To have picked such a, I'm not. I bet. I bet you, if you ask most people, they would think Almogordo's a shithole, and that's fine. Um, uh, just general off the cuff feeling that New Mexico may have, like, oh, that's not a. But I, they would be dead wrong. You I know? think it's like 
I mean, I've been to a lot of the cities in New Mexico. I'm not from here, but I've been to New Mexico a bunch of times visiting your family members, mm-hmm. and it's one of the best places that we've really been to. Cloudcroft is beautiful. Where we're at right now is beautiful. We're listening to this soft, soft like uh, acoustic music in the background. Uh, we're here amongst the pine trees. We're drinking good Bosque beer. We just had a, a wonderful wood-fired pizza. Um, and in 30 minutes, we'll be down in a nice cozy house uh, back uh, at with with my mom. And, uh, yeah, and the food here is great. Yeah. Uh, there, there's excellent craft beer in the town, which I love. I mean, that's important to me to go to the grocery store I could get. And then that Tall Pines, I could go there. If I want to go to actual brewery i can come up here and literally 30 minutes away yeah. 20 minutes yeah. so we're 20 minutes away from this particular brewery like five two minutes away from the other two craft places so right and then uh white sands for the kids and the museum for the kids and we the mountain the hiking pool. we did a lot of hiking and they shit have a brand new pool yeah we haven't even done the awesome outdoor pool that. that they have over here one of the joys zoo, even yeah. i mean a lot of, not a lot of places no. have a zoo we didn't we haven't gone to the zoo yet yeah but we <laughs> could have and you don't see a lot of places that have no zoos for sure anymore. so it's a hidden gem i feel like it's a hidden gem and sometimes i feel like my life is just like a you know, like a, like a movie, like everything happened. And I just appreciate shit so much because I grew up without all those things. And so now being able to enjoy those things, even at this age, which I don't even feel that old, but I guess I'm like 30 now, you know? And so, no, I'm 42. I'm a hard ass 42. <laughs> and I don't feel like it though, man. No. I don't feel 42. You don't look 42. What the fuck is 42? I mean, I mean, I don't know. what. It, uh, when I would see a 42-year-old when I was a kid, I thought, that motherfucker's old. You know? yeah. But I don't feel that way, man. So uh, it's been an awesome. That's been the highlight, just sleeping in mom. I've always, like the last few times I've been here, and this is the first time she's actually been here, but I've been here a couple of times, and I just feel so comfy here, the man. The neighbors are really nice. Yeah. I mean, she just landed in a really good spot for sure because she's here kind of by herself and so the fact that she's got these really welcoming neighbors that look after her is good too so if any of you fucks want to come visit alamogordo new mexico man i got the hook up just holler at me i'll let you know what the dilly is and uh there's so many great places to visit in the united states we have a big ass country so when people are always like oh you haven't traveled abroad and i'm I'm like well have you hit all 50 states you know yeah and each fucking state has some dope ass shit and i guarantee you people overlook new mexico and man you'd be wrong you know carlsbad caverns albuquerque such a great food town man fucking great beer great fucking food great fucking shit you know to do and yeah. uh beautiful weather yeah always weather, always sunny <laughs> always sunny man I mean, it's been great we haven't had no bad I mean, we're we actually have been here while there was fucking at, literal tornadoes back yeah. at home so miles away from our home tornadoes. we're fucking thankful shout out to you guys hopefully no one got fucked up i i doubt they did i think it was bad but i don't think no one we know or shout know. out kansas city man shout out kc baby i don't think no one got fucked up over there um, what else? Mm. Oh my gosh, my mom cooks like a fucking beast, dude. I'm getting so fat. I was doing good, but we we've been trying to exercise. Like we walked a lot today, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to like I, I don't drink during the week now, but since I've been here, I'm like fuck it. There's like just go out, you know. It's a vacation. Fuck well, we've, it. And we've had like two or three beers probably a night, also, which doesn't help. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, 
I keep saying I'm picking, choosing my battles, but I just keep going <laughs> ape shit. You know, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, yeah, but mom's cooking is like oh, it's so fire, man! Like she made these fucking tacos, these these fried burger tacos. Fuck, man! With the, you know what I mean, and the green chile and the fucking Beans. the bacon, the everything Beans. is just off the charts. The tortillas, the bacon, yeah. you know. Yep, she does a great job. So fire, man. Too good of a job. Yeah, I just almost like, you know, enough <laughs> already. <much> food. <laughs> My tummy was so hurting last night, man. I just like, because I just ate so much, you know, so. Uh, she has a beautiful view. The skies, there's no light pollution out here. So you get it like these fucking beautiful starry nights. Yeah. <sighs> so we're headed back um, here pretty soon, man. I think, uh, <clears throat> would you, do you, what would, um, You've never listened to the podcast, right? Well, this is what it... My wife's never listened to this, so... I have. Maybe she'll listen now that she's on it. What do you think? I get to listen to your podcast every day when oh, you're talking I know. to me about she, things. I listen to you. You work from home. Torture her, so dude. So, I come home from work, and you will, like, literally, like, talk to me for, like, an Good hour. Good thing I don't rant on, on anything. <laughs> Good thing I don't... And then, and then you let me, like, spend two or three hours with the kids, and then as soon as they go to bed, then it's like, okay more and it's you know but but yeah i mean i hear your thoughts which i'm poor her because i learn a lot from you but it's i I get it a lot i live a (laughs) very uh like like i don't i don't go to lunch with people right i don't i don't interact with people you work from home that's what i I mean mean. that's the biggest thing no but even people that work from home go out and fucking meet with people and do shit i do not i i love it i so i'm there with the dogs i stare at the dogs all day (laughs) and i'll have like two or three meetings tops meanwhile i'm out and i have a marketing job and a yeah no she's talking talking to people people all day constantly and all day long i'm sitting here stewing with my brain and my thoughts which i think are brilliant you know I, I'm, I'm coming up with a lot of i'm solving the and world's listen, problems and you listen to a lot of podcasts so then oh you're also God. like just listening yeah. and learning things while while you're at work you so know? as soon as i see a face that's uh somewhat um safe and recognizable <laughs> i proceed to just unload on them right. that's why i probably have to do this podcast yeah because like I'm, i feel like i'm talking to people but i'm, I'm and i am yeah, I guess this is, it forces me to have conversations with people. Right. Not, I'm not forced to have. I, I do these conversations with you all the time. All the time. But the podcast forced me to like, okay, Reuven, like instead of talking to your fucking self, go talk to this guy. Yeah. Talk you to you talk to yourself too sometimes. Talk oh, all the you. time. <laughs> a fucking weirdo. I don't know why you're with me, dude. <laughs> I say that all the time. It's some weird shit. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, so then I, I proceed to unload on her, and it, I, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Oh, good. But maybe I should fucking There's talk nothing. to people more during I'm, the day. I, mean, I should get a girlfriend or something. Yeah. Nah, dicky. No, no, but maybe I should talk to more people or something, right? Well, you are who you are. I mean, I wouldn't change anything. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, I love people. And you talk while I just listen, and I don't talk much usually in the nighttime because I've been talking all day long at my job. So we make a good balance. I'm yeah, she talks there, a lot during work. Like listening to you and just cleaning and or doing dishes or, you know, doing things while you just are talking to me about things that you learned or things <laughs> that happened at work. <laughs> she could, uh, I could never do her job, dude. Let's just put it, I would be like hanging up on like, fuck that bitch. Yeah. 
Not that she ever said that. She's no. very polite, and she yes. doesn't even feel and that I really way. Don't that's even just how feel I would feel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not really. I don't mean to get you like. I, in, yeah, that's not what I hear. No, it's just what I would fucking. I, you know, I, you, I could never be a waiter. A, no, you're I could not. never like. Come on, now, I would yeah. go and I'd be like serving people, and it would could be a, a very um, legit ask. Like it could be a totally sensible. Uh, uh, you know, it, not out of the bounds of polite, and I would still maybe get mad. You like people, you you like genuinely like people, but sometimes your tolerance of them, I feel like, or their opinions, or you no, know, no, I don't even I, mind opinions. Not, yeah, you know, I, I, you're open minded, but it's just sometimes I feel like no, I hate people that complain or are pussies. Yeah, you don't like people. I complain. hate and people like to complain. Oh, I hate I, and I don't mind people shit. complaining. Because I'm, I, I don't know, I just kind of, I, hate I can whining. see their perspective, I try to see their perspective. Yeah, oh yeah, you're good at that. Yeah. So somebody could like tell her, oh man, she'll be so empathetic. I'm not empathetic, that's <laughs> yeah, what the deal is. That's true. Like, don't tell me your problems, bro. Yeah. But if someone does, I try to yeah. be a listener, but for the most part, I hate complaining, whining. Like, you don't ever, like, because even sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to tell Ruben, he'll probably judge me and think like, oh my gosh, what kind no, of mom man. are you? But then I end up, you end up finding out anyways, and I just think, oh, he doesn't ever like judge. He doesn't ever put me down. He's always like pretty, like, um, uh, like nice about it and like can see why I did something stupid. Well, cause I know life is fucking hard, man. Life yeah, is hard. Sure. I know it is. I do. But you know what? Guess here's the secret. We all know it is. Yeah. All of us do. You know what I mean? Right. So... Um, yeah, sometimes I, I can relate, you know, and I'll, I'll just be like, fuck man, you know, and I'll be empathetic at times, but you know, I, I think in gen, in general, you know, I, I think as I've gotten older and the more things I've learned, like I used to feel, but now I feel like Americans in general don't have it hard at all, you know, yeah. compared to the rest of the world. Right. So when I hear some of our complaints, like our first world problems. Well, and everybody has has like pretty much a mental health <laughs> like issues. Yeah, these days. you know, everybody's because like, we're so in our own thoughts, we're right. so into ourselves. That selfishness yeah. gets a little crazy to me, you know. Yeah. But you know, but I that is on me too, you know, and I hate seeing it in myself as well. So. Well, and that's the thing, though. You're always like trying to do like the self help stuff that people. Yeah, you're that's you're huge. like constantly like, oh, I need to change this about myself. Like this is I've noticed that I'm doing this, or I'll bring out something that you're doing, and you for some reason not a lot of people do it, but they'll, but Whoa. you will like do research on why you're doing this. <laughs> not a lot of people do that. Yeah, I think I should have had therapy a long time ago. <laughs> I think right. a lot of people probably. Yeah, should. yeah. Most people should be in therapy. Yeah, I, I, for sure. I totally agree with that, and I totally believe that. Yeah. But for those of us who aren't in therapy, like myself, or who couldn't afford it or thought they shouldn't go, yeah. Like I was doing a ton of self-help. You know, that's yeah. what, that. So there's this whole genre of books and things and stuff. So the yeah, I've done a lot of self-exploration. Like why? Like I'm the kind of dude that if I get a self-help book and they're running exercises. I'll run the exercises. <laughs> I know like, you do. Go, go get a book. <laughs> List the five things that come to your mind when I say and you're this. Like, you have and a I'll notebook fucking for do it. it. Cause I was trying to find, so, so then I get super excited about all these things I learned exploring this. And then I unload on somebody who's done no self exploration. Yeah. And then they're just like, bro, I'm like, you know, it's like, it's like any other skill that you're learning, like wrestling or jujitsu. If you're just barely learning some moves, you don't want to hear some guy unload on you and some shit like where he's 10 books deep now, you know? Right. You're starting your first book and he's like 20 books deep doing all the exercises. Yeah. And he's trying to catch you up in one session. 
That's yeah. when I can be super annoying. I think I can annoy the fuck out of people. Yeah. But it's okay. Well, because some people just like to vent, but I mean, that's what they call it venting. But then, like, when you hear the venting, you feel like you need to help them. Yeah, I'm like, okay, here, not, here's what you need to do, like, bro. Especially me. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to vent. I don't need you to yeah. help me r- with this. I just want to tell you how annoying whatever it was. And but, I think I've been more aware of that lately. Like, uh-huh. that's something that's jumped out at me. I need to just listen more and just not try to fix stuff. It's yeah. not my... Yeah. I'm Some not, people don't want to be fixed. They no, just no. want you, somebody to listen. I mean, you don't need fixing. Right. I, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I just don't want... I don't I don't have to have the solution to your problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and most people... Not most people. All people. And, you know, I think one of the premises of modern psychology is to help people figure out that they're the answer to their problem. Yeah. That's why they keep asking you, why do you feel that way? What else do you think? Because... You know, Freud, that whole couch scenario where they keep asking you shit and you, you he never gives, like, analysis. It's like he's trying to get you to the point where you're solving your own shit. Yeah. And that's what we all have to do. So no yeah. one's going to just flat out. But, like, if I, sometimes when you get to a certain point, though, that's like there Jordan is gurus. Peterson. When we went to that um, Jordan Peterson uh, when he came to Kansas City. Who's and he that? Started, Jordan Peterson? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that that's that not guy, ringing that, a bell to that's me. That's the guy that you like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yes, for sure. You took me to his, like, his, what is that, that show? <laughs> my goodness. You, like, love <laughs> that guy. The 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson. Oh, my Peterson. goodness. And he just, like, went on a rant, and the whole time, it's like, I he doesn't really I, ever, he doesn't tell you, like, how to change, he just, he wants you to figure it out on your own, and it's like, dude. Like, Take responsibility. <laughs> That's what you have to do. Yeah. And it's like, who else takes her wife on a date night to fucking two hours of Jordan Peterson, just fucking him and a mic. Oh my God. Talking. Like it was the weirdest experience. I probably It was like been. watching that dude talk about the stars. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I've never the star heard guy was, anything like this before. I mean, it uh, was the and weirdest. I love it. And I absorb, I, for some reason, like I'm in tune with what Jordan is saying. So it was like, almost it like hearing sense. like a Shakespeare play. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, but, that is very similar. You just like trying to figure out the meaning of it the whole time. <laughs> Meanwhile, like <laughs> and you look around, and you feel like everybody's getting what he's saying. Well, they're all huge fans of it, and, and you just like, kind of walk into is, that blind. What is the meaning of this? That's like it's like a Shakespeare play. Seriously. Well, they love him. People, he's helped right. a lot of people. They love him. So, and I still I love Jordan. I, you know, anytime he's on something, or I mean, he does some brilliant shit. I, I love his debates. I love what. How he views religion in particular, you know, uh, yeah. his thoughts on myth, myth and how those are perpetuated through the movies that we see. I mean, he's a, he's an amazing cat, you know, uh, and just like self-responsibility. I think that's one of his biggest messages. And it's not like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like no. asshole version of it. It's no. just like, hey, man, we're all responsible for our kids and our lives and how happy we want them to be, you know? Right. And a lot of the problems that we bring are us doing it. And it's just, right. and we all know that. We yeah. all know. It's like Cesar Chavez when he's like the dog whisperer. And your thing is the dog's. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. dog's fault. But yeah, it's like, yeah. It's no, always the human. It's, it's always the, the human. human. Like you're the one that's doing, and that's what it is. And that's why <laughs> people like, don't want to hear that though. They're like, no, no it's got to be this outside. Like, oh, I have my kids else. trained because the way you can spot that, the way you can spot that, the number one tell that folks are not in tune with, like, why they're the cause of their own problems, is the 
the excuse. Yeah. The big excuse. Well, I couldn't because of blah. I couldn't because of blah. I couldn't because of... And my kids, they know. I'm like, wow. Every time they start saying excuses on why they didn't do something, I'm like, man, that sounds like something. What does that sound like? And they'll be like, I know it's an excuse, but this time it's real, you know? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, and, and I'm not even saying that it's... Life is hard. I will say that. So I'm not... But ultimately... The reason why something's not happening or why whatever you're in whatever most yeah. of the time is because, and we all start off at different places and some of us have been dealt some bad cards but right. as I have myself. I yeah. mean, have you seen where I was born right. and how I, Hey man. And yeah. I was given, and we're all given different gifts. We're all, right. it's like and, a video game. Right. And nobody's life is really perfect. No. You know? I mean, so everybody could like make an excuse because really honestly, I mean, there's not a lot of people that have a perfect life out, life out there. No, I don't. I doubt hardly anyone does, right. man. I mean, you could always. You know what's it's it's they're equally shitty. Yeah. The person who like is rich as fuck, who looks at everyone and says they're all fucking losers and they're the cause of their own problems, and you know the reason why I have this is because I worked my ass off, and you're like, bitch, you were kind of lucky, and yeah, blah, and and you know what, and you're not you're not the king of the fucking hill, and and then equally as shitty is the person on the bottom saying. Man, my whole life has been the victim of circumstance. Yeah. Like, had I only been given this opportunity, right. that those two people are equally as shitty to me. Yeah. The one who blames all of life and has legit excuses, it still doesn't mean anything ultimately. Yeah. And the asshole on the hill, right. those two fucks. You know what I mean? Right. If you could be as far away from those two fucks as you can, you know, I think you're living a good life. So let me preach to you a little bit, guys. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but right? Aren't they equally shitty? Oh, yeah. The person that blames it. And we know someone like, well, we've been here like, Jesus, you know, just someone that's like a pain in the ass. Like Everyone has, yeah. Like, like no, my like my family, like, my, <laughs> you know, that, no, you know what I mean? What do you mean? Nah, I mean, just <laughs> like texting and shit and saying all that fucking crazy shit yeah i mean so anyways everybody has that there. family member that's for sure yeah that doesn't that it's like, like oh not gosh, please like takes no responsibility right. for her shit or his shit they cry wolf if I, whatever i'm times. talking about this person <laughs> if they existed but they don't <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> anyways this is a good time to end the podcast. Okay. No, I'm just getting out. No, would you? Do you have any other thoughts like on what I could work on besides just letting you vent oh, sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, is this what this was? <laughs> I think. It, see, well, you know, I kind of it did some self analysis. So let's talk about some things you could change. Yes, okay? please, because I'm sure you could think of tons of things I could change. Because I know I could think of tons of things I could change. So please, let's no, go. no, I'm, I'm good. No, 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 no. No, at least gonna, one. No, no, we're at good. least one. Oh, you. All right, here's go one. ahead. You could participate in the kids' exercises with me. Okay. I will participate. We do like family exercises, family stretches. Okay. And my wife just sits there and watches us. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be trying to motivate. I say it in my head. I don't tell her that. And I feel weird even telling her now. But I kind of wish you would participate. Okay. Well, thank you. There you go. That's all you got to do is I felt bad to say. You mad at me? (laughs) Yes. I'm <laughs> but that's valuable. legit, though, right? You it should is be legit. Participating. And like in the back of my brain, I'm thinking I shouldn't be participating. Well, why this. don't you? Are you just embarrassed? You? <laughs> no. My wife is the person. <laughs> like, if you're in gym class, that girl that doesn't want to do any of the exercises. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was the last. That person, was my wife. Like, literally the last person in my elementary it, school that 
that the last person that ran the mile. I mean, and, I was yeah, like yeah, a and I know that. Mile kid. And I, mean, I know that. And I've never and even was, seen her in like school. And I know the rebel in me almost is like, no, you're not going to make me do this. But it was for your benefit. I know, but I'm. That's just, the part you're like, missing. That's, the, that's just like like when you were like rebelling like, against no, the man. No, Mrs. You're McCaffrey, rebelling. you're not going to make me run a mile. But she was trying to help you. <laughs> I know she was. So, um, and I'm not trying to help you when I do that. I just want the kids I to know. have that. And I yes, because I'm starting to realize that kids. Watch Especially girls, and mimic dude. Their parents, like girls, like they've always like been given always a pass to be that. No, the, uh, it was always the girl that didn't want to run the mile and was lazy about oh, it. Oh no, no, I just mean like mimic their parents. Oh no, no, I mean no, always but what I'm too. saying like, like it's important for me to them to be like like not feel inferior athletically. Yeah, just because oh, they're I don't girls. Think my, my girls. Oh no, they're not feel that inferior. Good, but I think it helps. If you're doing it they with them. should see me doing stuff like that. I admit it. I'm a and, uh, yeah, because you, you could be, like, a really positive, you know. But, um, so my kids right now are on their way to being, like, the one who runs the, the exercise program. So, like, yeah. when the teacher picks the, the little uh, kiss-ass pet guy that or girl that does the exercises for everyone... Like that's totally my kids right now. And that was never they'll jump me. to the front and they'll like they love it. I they'll think be like Naomi could probably do a pull up, and I never could do a. Pull oh up. man, our kids are little like athletes, man. Like they did the. I, I could never do the. Um, oh, they do the, wild what shit. What is the uh, monkey bars? I could never do the monkey bars, and my girls were doing it by age like five. It was weird. And they do awesome soccer moves, and they fucking hit like. They 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 all play sports. We, you know, the only sport I was in was wrestling until when I was in junior high. All these kids have been in like soccer, volleyball. You know, they just love it, and they go hiking with us. They want to run yeah. barefoot outside in the dirt. That's been the biggest surprise. Like our kids never play in the dirt, but they took to it like some champs. Oh, are you kidding me? Our yeah, kids yeah, that's right. But not like we dusty. Don't have dirt, like, like yeah, out, none of like that New dusty Mexico shit. Dirt. We have actual like muddy dirt, and they yeah, love mud. playing the mud. They love mud. They they're like, can I get some water so I can make a big mud? pile in the front yard and they're still super like quote-unquote girly girls too yeah but they just like they like getting dirty man yep anyways uh so i hope you guys enjoyed this shit man we're gonna have some more brewskis and uh i will catch you on the flip side you want any any final thoughts any good nothing no well i'm glad that you did this with me and uh let's uh close this trip out and get back to kc right on love you sweetie Just scary It's about to be